0: Welcome to the Think Like a Champion podcast, the podcast where we reveal the mental strategies of elite performers so you can apply them to your own life and raise your game. I'm your host, Trevor Mowad, and on this episode of Think Like a Champion, I'm joined by world class Olympian and entrepreneur Michael Johnson to talk about goal setting, recovery, and mentality. Michael is not just a champion, he's a legend. Considered one of the greatest runners of all time, he's broken three world records, won 13 Olympic and world champion gold medals, and has held the title of fastest man in the world. He's also recovered from a devastating stroke that at one point left him unsure if he'd ever walk again. Well, what an incredible opportunity today with Think Like a Champion to have Michael Johnson, one of the greatest Olympians of all time. So... Michael, thank you so much for joining me. There's so much I want our listeners to learn from you about cultivating an elite mindset, a champion mindset, because you are truly a champion in every sense of the word. How are you, Michael?
1: I'm good, Trevor. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this.
0: Well, I think one of our goals is just to sort of demystify some of the psychological concepts that so many people think they're born with, but can also be learned you know visualization and goal setting go hand in hand but many people are either unaware or they don't really understand the relationship they don't know how to use that idea of seeing in advance setting goals putting a plan together one one thing i think people don't understand just about track and field is before every race you actually negotiate your lane you know the lane's important you you shared with me a story i think in 92 in the qualifiers where you are given the toughest lane. Can you take us through that story? Uh, give us a little bit of insight as you're getting ready to try to qualify for Barcelona, and yet you're given probably the worst lane, and you incorporate some powerful psychological skills to help you navigate through that.
1: Yeah, sure, Trev. So it was two years into my professional career um, and at a time when The U.S. was just stacked with world-class sprinters. I went into that Olympic trials as the defending world champion, had been ranked number one in the world for the last two years, so I was the heavy favorite. But um, in order to get to the games, you've got to make your team first. And if you're just off that day, it doesn't matter if you're world champion or if you're the best. If you're not um, uh, prepared to finish top three that day, then you you don't make the team. Uh, But in the the championship races, in the Olympic trials as a championship, you don't get to choose your lane. The lanes are selected um, um, by a process, and sometimes it's a random process. And in this particular case, it was. So I find myself in the final uh, with the top eight athletes, um, six of whom were ranked in the top ten in the world, and only three of us are going to make this team. And I find myself uh, out in lane eight, the worst lane on the track. And that was, a you know, really difficult psychologically to get over because when, you know, there's no room for error, no margin for error at all, um, it becomes difficult to psychologically get your head around it to go in there and perform. And I can only finish. I've got to finish top three. I've, I, there's no room for error. I've got to execute to perfection. And once I could get that, you know, comfortable with that, then I regained my confidence. And that became, you know, sort of my my process going forward, just visualizing, first understanding the reality of the challenge in front of me, and then, you know, being able to develop a process by which I will attack that challenge, and then using visualization to be as confident as I possibly can to go in there and execute to the best of my ability. I won that race by, I won that race and and, and just barely missed the world record by hundredths of a second.
0: Which is incredible. And you also told me that you literally you're, you you were so focused on the race, and that you actually visualized every step in lane eight. Uh, can you add a little bit more to that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was the the I realized that I needed to be at a, an incredibly high level of focus, so I was able to go into that race just really compartmentalizing, focused only on that race and what I could control in the race. I couldn't control how fast Carl Lewis is going to run that day or Leroy Burrell, who is the world record holder, or Mike Marsh, the Olympic champion. What I can control is how I execute this race. When that gun goes off and for that next 200 meters, I need to have an understanding of exactly what I need to do. I need to execute this to perfection. I need to anticipate anything that may happen with the competition and be able to quickly make the right decision in terms of how I respond or whether I respond at all. So I was at that level of focus. And and it's quite frankly, that's why I was able to win that race and, and able to perform in the way that I did that day um, as a result of just you know being at such a high level of focus and not thinking about anything other than what is going to impact on this performance today.
0: It was such a partnership with your ability and your mentality, but I don't know how many people know, but, you know, a few years back you went through a stroke.
1: Um, yeah, this was uh, almost three years ago. I was, I just turned, you know, 50. It was for the, uh, you know, the time since I retired, I've continued to keep myself in good shape, always working out, eat a healthy diet, all of those things. So the last thing I was expecting was to, to suffer from a stroke. But yeah, I was, I was at home, just finished the workout at my gym at my house. And um, started feeling really strange, these odd sensations in my left arm and in my leg. I was having trouble coordinating my left leg and generating any power off of it. And um, decided to go to the to the emergency room uh, out of an abundance of caution and, and fully expecting them to say that, oh, you know, just some weird thing from working out. But uh, it got progressively worse. By the time I got to the hospital, I wasn't able to walk anymore, could barely stand and so, of course, uh, my first thing to the doctors, they put me in i c u and first thing they said I said was, "You know, am I going to be able to walk again? Am I going to be able to stand again? Am I going to be able to do all of the things that I was doing before and And they said, "Look, you know, only time will tell. It could take years. You never know, only time will tell. So of course, that's not the news you want to hear um, but um fast forward um a year later, I was fully one hundred percent back to normal. But uh, I I attribute that all, that that recovery, which was extremely difficult, and as you said, the the greatest physiological and psychological challenge I faced in my life. I don't know that I would have been able to navigate that had I not had all of the experiences of my athletic career, you know, really learning how to get the best for myself. And certainly this took me getting the absolute best for myself on a daily basis. There are some days when you're training, trying to get back to normal, and, you know, you, you work your, your ass off and, you know, you get nothing. You go backwards. Being able to allow that, you know, not allow that to get you down and to stay motivated, you know, those are things that I learned from sport. Um, being able to recognize and build off of these tiny micro improvements that the average person wouldn't be able to recognize. That's something that I, you know, obviously trafficked in on, on a daily basis as an athlete trying to, you know, shave off hundreds and thousands of a second, you know. You
0: know, one quick story, if you could share, that's incredible, Michael. Um, When you started physical therapy, take us through that that first experience with physical therapy that sort of put things in perspective.
1: Yeah, so the first day that I was able to get out of uh, the bed in my hospital room and the therapist, um, he came to my room with a walker and said, okay, we're going to get out and try to walk today. And so... I was pretty excited, ready to go because I wanted to see where I was, what my baseline was, uh, to see what I had in front of me. And, and it was incredibly difficult. My left leg, the the connection that basically uh, in my brain that sent the signal to all of those, my knee, my hip, my ankle, my toe, all of those things heal, all of those things that we take for granted, that connection had been severed. So my leg did not know what to do. Um, I literally had to look at my right leg and try to make my left leg and foot and all of those lower extremities mimic the right. And it was incredibly difficult. And my leg is just my foot's just sliding across the floor as I'm trying to pick my foot up. And um, but but there's some progress. And and he's coaching me just as my coach did when I was an athlete. And he's telling me what I need to do to walk. <laughs> uh, something I've been doing for 50 years at that point. Um, and um but, as he's you know coaching me, I'm listening, and I'm focused like I was when I was an athlete. I'm focused on taking that instruction and trying to apply it and I'm seeing some tiny, tiny improvements that most people probably wouldn't recognize, and now most would would sort of look at as inconsequential, even if they if they they recognized it and um. As we continued, I continued to just, you know, listen to him and, and things were getting a little bit better, but certainly by no no stretch, any sort of miraculous, you know, recovery at that point. Um, so we walked around the hospital floor and back to my room and that was it for the day, just as a start. Um, and as I got back, I looked and I just sort of recognized that by, you know, just ironically, the distance that we had covered was about 200 meters which is the event that I used to hold the world record in. And um, and of course, I had timed myself because that's just what I do. Um, and it took about 10 minutes for me to cover 200 meters when I used to cover that distance in 19.3 seconds. Um, and obviously, ordinarily, that would be very disappointing and disheartening, but... When I got back to the room, I told my wife, I'm going to make a full recovery. I can guarantee you that. And I'm going to make it faster than anyone that's ever done it before. And my wife knows me well, and she knows that I'm not, you know, just blowing smoke. And so she said, what happened? And I said, you know, I recognize this process. You know, if this is going to come down to me focusing and, you know, getting the best for myself every day, then, you know, I I know this and I can do this. I knew at that point that if I can recognize these little micro improvements these little marginal improvements and um, I know how to do this. And that's what I set out to do over the next uh, three months.
0: Michael, thanks again. In the Think Like a Champion podcast, we've got incredible people just trying to educate and learn and get better and and who are facing challenges and adversity. How are some of the ways that you've applied that Olympic mentality to getting over stroke, to winning gold medals uh, that relate just to the average person who's trying to take the next step in their career and in their lives.
1: Yeah, so everybody faces, you know, these sorts of challenges. And I have as well in business, um, you know, there's always going to be setbacks. You know, things aren't always going to go the way that you expected them to. You can quickly spiral you know, and start to think of the worst. Um, And that can be very, very difficult to to get yourself out of that. And I learned this from sport, to take a more practical approach, not getting too high, not getting too low in situations. The other side of that, so after making my first Olympic team, I didn't get so high off of, you know, that I would take things for granted. I continued to work, continue to try to find ways to improve even on that race. Uh, which was by no means perfect, um, and continue to, you know, focus on being the best I could possibly be, Uh, learning from taking the positives from that experience, taking the negatives from that experience, to try to be better as an athlete so that I can produce even faster times. So, You know, I think it's understanding, you know, not letting yourself get too low, not letting yourself get too high, being neutral in those kind of situations, but also understanding yourself, understanding what motivates you, being true to that.
0: You know, one of the things that I remember, Michael, is when you finished your career and you first came down to Bradenton, Florida at the IMG Academy to spend some time with our players, and you said, I don't just want to win gold medals as an athlete, you know, I want to win gold medals in my life. Can you kind of take us through how you've been able to win both on and off uh, the track?
1: It has a lot to do with, you know, a balance, um, understanding, you know, what I'm good at, understanding my blind spots, understanding what I'm not good at. I think that confidence is celebrated, you know, in business. Confidence is celebrated in sport, but... You know, at the end of the day, there's, you know, there's that balance that's required to be humble and understand that you may not be great at everything. Um, but what I see a lot of times is just this overconfidence that, you know, my idea is great. It's going to win. I'm going to be, you know, all of these things are going to happen and not focusing on, you know, the, the potential, you know, threats, the the potential um, challenges to overcome, you know. And, and I see too many people sort of blindsided by those that think it's it's check yourself, you know. Have some humbleness, have that balance, understand what you're good at. Don't be afraid to admit what you're not good at and, um, and work on those things, but also, you know, um, you know just, just have that balance. Uh, Michael, uh, thanks again. It's been absolutely incredible. You no, know, you have an
0: incredible quote, Mike. Life is often compared to a marathon, but I think it's more like being a sprinter, long stretches of hard work punctuated by brief moments in which we are given the opportunity to be our best, and that preparation obviously gives us that opportunity. As we wrap up, you know, for anybody that's looking to achieve peak performance in whatever field they are in, athlete, parent, um, you know, social worker, uh, medical field, um, what what advice do you have uh, for those people looking to take that next step to achieve their version of peak performance,
1: that quote was was all about you know the the opportunities will come. You've got to be ready for them. And I think that the advice that I would give to anyone trying to accomplish success in anything is the better you know yourself, and that could have, that's not easy. You know, it, it requires a lot of. A self-analysis, introspection, and, and really being honest with yourself about what you're good at, what you're not, what you're afraid of, what your fears are, you know That's what you know, helped me to understand how to get the best from myself in challenging situations, you know, develop a process for how I approach any challenge or any goal based on understanding who I am as an individual and how I perform best what gaps I need to fill with with support and help ultimately at the end of the day it comes down to you it's your goal and you've got to execute on it so the better you know yourself the better prepared you are to actually go in there and be successful
0: you know and as we wrap up michael those things you're talking about they're they're not god-given gifts i mean they're available for all of us and you know and i think that that's an really incredible insight this idea that The best people become the best. Sure, you have incredible aptitude, but your mindset, your mentality, choosing to think like a champion starts with learning how to think like a champion. And I know your family and your coaches and all those people and at Michael Johnson Performance are teaching all those things. So thank you so much for for finding the time uh, to spend uh, with us and Audible and be a part of this podcast. I'm so excited for everything that the future is going to bring for you as an entrepreneur and a businessman and a husband and a father. And I wish you nothing but continued success.
1: Thanks, Trevor. Appreciate it.
0: Wow. Like, all, all I can say truthfully is speechless. You know, you think about the Olympics and, you know, just how incredible they are and how hard they are. And, but to actually hear... Uh, a world-class athlete, businessman, kind of take us through that process. It's incredible. And some of the things that really jumped out at me was checking yourself, the idea of just how important your mind is uh, to executing the things you want in your life and that deep focus. I think also setting goals. You know, what what do I want and what are the steps that are going to get me there And how do I just make micro-improvements? Fastest man in the world going through a stroke, you know, uh, 10 minutes versus 19 seconds could be tough, but not really comparing those, but comparing sort of where he's at and how we can make, you know, those improvements and do that physical therapy three times a day and all those things. You know, I think lastly, uh, you hear a humility. You know, you hear humility for just the opportunities that he's had, but a confidence that he's been able to make the best out of them. And I think as we're driving and as we're listening and as we're running and as we're working, what next step do I want to take? Why haven't I taken it yet? Uh, what am I willing to do to, to make those adjustments? And and how do I, how do I move forward? And we, we all have the same opportunities. How we take advantage of those, I think, are really mission critical. So... You know, to think like a champion starts with learning and educating yourself. Uh, We're so privileged to have you join this podcast today and continue to join us as we bring incredible guests, incredible people as we all look to take that next step, understanding that we don't need to be sick to get better.